$100 million in jury verdicts and settlements for serious injury victims, medical malpractice victims, and surviving family members of wrongful death victims. Trial Lawyers for Justice. This is a firm that does not handle frivolous lawsuits. They go after insurance company money, and they're darn good at it. They don't sell their clients out or settle cheaply. Trial Lawyers for Justice, the firm that goes the distance for you their client. They treat their clients the way you would want your own family members taken care of. Nicholas Rowley, Dominic Pachota, and the other trial lawyers in the firm at Trial Lawyers for Justice, dedicated to representing the people and their families in Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Illinois, California, Wyoming, and many other states. Trial Lawyers for Justice. $100 million in settlements and jury verdicts already in 2016. 888-811-0844. Trial Lawyers for Justice. You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. And today's show is going to be fun because we're going to have a uh, guest on who we've had on many times before and love to have him on. Who yeah, is he's a be? local guy. Well, we work out of the Bay Area here, and those that do not live in the Bay Area may not have heard of this guy unless you're a, a longtime NBA player. But Jim Barnett played in the NBA for 10 years, and for or the last about 30 now, he has been the color analyst on the Warriors television broadcast. And, of course, the Warriors are one of the best teams, if not the best team in all of basketball right now. So there's quite a story. Yeah, and it's interesting because when we uh, get to the next couple of segments, I want to ask him uh, what it feels like to be known more for uh, being an announcer than As, being a player because yeah. he was a good player. Was I good remember player. him being a good yeah, player. Yeah, not a great player, not an all-star, but a, a good supporting player, like a, a good sixth man off the bench. And he played on some bad teams, but he also played on some really good teams. He got to play with with uh, Nate Thurman and Rick Barry and Dr. J and Pistol Pete Maravich and Elvin Hayes and Bill Russell. He did, broke in with Bill Russell. Yeah, did he win a – he won a ring, didn't he? No, he did he not never, win a ring. No. So the one the, the one time he plays with Russell and he doesn't get a ring? They, they lost in the conference finals that year to Wilt Chamberlain and the 76ers, who until the Warriors broke their record of uh, wins in a season, I believe it was the Sixers who had the record. If it wasn't, it was they were, at one time they did. They lost to the Sixers in the in the conference finals, which was no disgrace. I mean, the Sixers were a great team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, especially Wilt and anybody else on well, your team. They, they, they had guys like Luke Jackson and, and uh, uh, Hal Greer. It was a good team. Good team. Yeah. All right. And at each uh, commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. And uh, we, let's see. You can listen to Sports Econ 101 on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Sports Byline USA, Armed CRN. Forces Radio. Our, and on Armed Forces Radio yeah, our, International our, to our, 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 our men friends. overseas. Yes. Yeah, you know what? We, we always should be uh, thanking little, those guys. Yeah, give them a little salute. A little salute there. Yeah. And this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding around 7.5% secured by Bay Area Real Estate. It doesn't get any more conservative than that. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. 
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. For those that want to visit San Francisco's legendary Alcatraz Island, planning ahead is a must. As the official website for Alcatraz Tours, AlcatrazCruises.com provides the guaranteed lowest prices for Alcatraz tickets, which are now available for purchase up to 90 days in advance. In addition, visitors to Alcatraz will enjoy the added benefit of complimentary access to the current art installation, Shortening, Making Irrational Rational, which is available for viewing through February 2017 from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. daily with the purchase of a regularly priced ticket. Visit Alcatraz cruises.com today in the heart of sonoma wine country enjoy a unique historical landmark the flamingo resort and spa santa rosa that features two 25 meter heated pools tennis poolside dining champagne sunday brunch a lounge that offers weekend live music and dancing health club and yoga cycle studio so ideal to stay fit while relaxing and touring the nearby sonoma valley wineries Visit FlamingoResort.com. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost. With the purchase of your paintball tickets, you'll receive free admission and equipment rentals to some of the most played-at paintball parks nationwide. And by partnering up with like-minded, safety-conscious paintball fields in thriving markets across the nation, we've ensured there's always a field close to home. These tickets, which can be purchased in bulk, are designed to fit the needs of every skill level, from casual observers to weekend warriors. This adrenaline-inducing sport is perfect for birthday parties, corporate team building, or a casual outing with friends. Make the right choice for your wallet. Get in on the fastest-growing action sport with this deal from Paintball Tickets by going to sportsecon101.com and clicking on the Play Paintball button. Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? A good friend of ours, former NBA player and longtime TV analyst Jim Barnett of the Golden State Warriors, who's been doing the uh, analysis on the television broadcast for many, many years. And, and Jim, this year's team, everybody expects them to go all the way. It's interesting to watch them play this year. They've lost a few games. They've blown some leads late. They've pretty much played as well as we've expected them to play, but sometimes you watch them and you wonder, gosh, you know, what do they need to, uh, you know, to, to show a little more life? And maybe we're being a little harsh. I mean, you're with them every day. What's your read on, on the way they're playing right now, and are they living up to, the, uh, to all of the hype and all the talk that we've heard? Well, it's a, uh, a typical NBA season when you have a, a great team. But you're going to lose some games. 
you're, you're not going to win them all. And in today's era, we're talking about 2017, with all the technology, with all the data, with all the analytics, with all the number of people that we have following this game, with social media, Twitter, and all the blogs that are out there, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative, I'm just being very realistic, there's so much scrutiny, Bruce, that, that it's, it's over the top. It's over the top. And everybody's trying to analyze and be definitive. And we're all human. You're going to miss some shots. You're going to make shots. You're going to win games. You're going to lose some games. Obviously, a talented team is going to win their vast majority of games. Um, and sometimes they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, blow out teams with a record of 11 and 28. Uh, you know, like against Miami, uh, they lost a game against Memphis at home after having a 24 point lead, a oh. 19 point lead going into the fourth quarter. That one those, killed me. That one, problem. that one killed me because there were, there were, I think if I'm not mistaken, there were five missed free throws in a row between Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Uh-huh. Yes, oh. there were. So, the, the situation is this: the, the Warriors' record now, what are they? Thirty-three and six, I believe. Um, and and so they're on they're on pace to have, I don't know, at the worst, a record of sixty-eight and fourteen at this pace. They're sixty-eight and fourteen, and <laughs> an eighty-two game schedule. Eh, that'll get them I'm, in the playoffs. I'm, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that'll get them in the playoffs. What do they take? The top what eighteen? Uh, let me ask you yeah. this. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk, we, we know, I think the 1980s was probably the best era of basketball. It was exciting. The Lakers and the Celtics, and they won predominantly throughout the 80s. I know the Lakers won five championships in the 80s. Uh, I can go down the list from memory. Uh, it was the Lakers in 80. It was the Celtics in 81. It was the Lakers in 82. It was Philadelphia in 83. Oh, yeah. And then 84, the Celtics. 85, the Lakers. 86, the Celtics. 87, 88, the back-to-back with Pat Roddy's team. And they won two championships. And then it went uh, for the Detroit Pistons. They won 89 and then 90. So let me just ask you, during those championship years, these were championship years. What do you think the record was in 1982 when the Lakers won their second championship in the 80s? What do you think their oh, record was? 54 and 55, maybe? Something yeah. Like that? yeah. 57 and 25. Okay, yeah. we, weren't, we weren't far off. Yeah. yeah. And you think of that team, too. Here yeah. are their records. Here are their records when they won the championship. Mm. And. 82, uh, in 80, 82, 85, 87, 88. And, and then we can even go on to the Shacks, but they were 60 and 22 in mm-hmm. 1980. They won the championship. They lost 22 games. The next year, they lost 25 games. The next year that they won it in 85 was, they were 62 and 20. Mm-hmm. Now in 87, they were terrific, 65 and 17. And in 88, they were 62 and 20 again. So only once during those five championship years in the 80s, did they lose uh, le- less than twenty games? And what do you attribute that to? Was it just the other teams were that that close in parity? It's just the, it's the way it is. It's eighty-two games, and it's tough to get up psychologically, mm. physically, and everything for eighty-two games. It's very, very tough. No, what I mean is, uh, like you know, why uh, have the Warriors been so dominant? I mean, I, I know they have a, a great team, but I'm saying, like, as a comparison to the teams in the '80s. Well, okay, one thing, the league is diluted a little bit, okay? You've got 30 teams here. Um, you're carrying 15 players rather than 12 back in those days. 
That's a good point. Across yeah. across the board, across the board, when I came into the league, there were ten teams. Every team had to have a good center in those days. Yeah, you, you couldn't win. Every team, um, there was more parity. Then expansion. It, you know, there, when when I came in, there were 120 players, and now there are 450. And so you've yeah. got players today that wouldn't be playing 30 years ago. Gotcha. They wouldn't be on team. That's a very good point. Yeah. So let me ask you, do you think it's good for basketball to have these teams that are constantly, like let's say back in the 80s, you had you know Boston and the Lakers, Boston and the Lakers. You know, do, do do you think the fans really want to see that? And of course, you know, Boston's a big town and, and L.A.'s a big town. Um, you know, for that kind of a constant rivalry, which kind of seems like it's you're, you're sort of at Cleveland and the Warriors now for the last couple of years. Well, teams, that's what's going to happen. Everything is, is in cycles. It's like the stock market. You can't, you, you know, we're pushing 20000 in the stock market and the Dow Jones. But, you know, there's going to be a pullback. Um, there are going to be lean years. There are going to be teams that come forth. Um, the Warriors, for 13 straight years, did not make the playoffs. Yeah. And all of a sudden now they're the power super team. And the reason the Warriors are dominating now is that they've got they arguably the three most explosive offensive players on their squad in the history of the league. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that it's the best balanced team in all of history, but you you tell me and show me any other team in the history of the game that had three not only great shooters but great scorers that the Warriors have in Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and Clay Thompson. Yeah, no, no. I can only think of you know Jordan and Pippen, but then who was number three? Well, you Pippen, know. Pippen wasn't a great shooter. Pippen could score, but yeah. he wasn't a great, great shooter. Yeah. He's fine, there are, but there are a lot better shooters around than, than Scottie Pippen. Gotcha. But he was a great complement to Jordan, and he played defense. But who, who would you, if you shot one hundred threes, would you rather have? Who would you bet on, Clay Thompson or oh. Pippen? Yeah, that's that. Curry no, or Pippen? Yeah, no, no, that's Durant true. And Pippen. Yeah. You know, what amazes me about the Warriors is you bring in a guy like a Kevin Durant, and there was a lot of talk that, gosh, it's going to be difficult because other guys are going to have to take less shots and and change, you know, more of a low profile kind of role. And Draymond Green seems to have uh, embraced that. Andre Iguodala, who doesn't take as many shots but plays so well on defense, seems to have have taken that to heart. And and it hasn't really bit, become a problem integrating this guy. As a matter of fact, he may be their best player right now, Kevin Durant. Well, it's he's, he certainly knows how to score, and he can do things that the other two scorers and shooters can't do. Yep. That's create a shot any time that he wants because of his size mm-hmm. and his ball-handling ability. And what he's added also is the defensive presence. There, there's a reason why this team is leads the league in steals and leads the league in block Blocks. shots yeah. because of Kevin Durant. Um, and he's, he's embracing the defensive mode. But if you look at the number of shots um, that Durant takes so far in, in 39 games uh, and the number of shots that Clay, there, I, I don't think there are 20 shots. The number, the number of shots, if you total them all up, I don't think any one of those three has taken – they're all within 20 or 25 shots of each other mm. over 39 games. Well, that's a pretty good ratio. That's, that's great. Yeah, so hey, everybody's hey, getting a chance to, to get it, get their opportunities. Yeah, no question. Hey, hey, Jim, before we uh, cut to a break, there is a quick question I wanted to ask you about the difference in today's game versus before when you played. I noticed that in the old days they used to call it palming, 
And you don't, and you don't even see, you know, those kind of calls being made anymore. Guys seem to be carrying the ball for an extra one or two shots, or I mean, uh, 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 steps as they're dribbling. What, 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 why aren't they calling that? Because players have developed bad habits as youngsters. Players go to one year of college at Kentucky, particularly, and come out, and they've, and the game has gotten sloppier. And they give you an extra step now because they basically changed the rules. You used to get what they call one, one and a half, half steps. Yep, I remember that. You gathered the ball, and you had your pivot foot, and you're moving on the move. Yep. You know, if you take one step and then a jump, that's one and a half steps, and you've got to get rid of the ball, either pass or shoot, before you come down. And then remember... Now they don't call yeah. what they call the gather. Oh, yeah, that's right. And also, then you got Charles Barkley. He used to step back from the three-point line, take his extra step then after he was already positioned. Oh, I used to love that. The, the main thing about palming is I saw... a. About a week and a half ago, I saw a clip of Russell Westbrook, and he did this incredible move. But he and he kept the ball in his right hand, but he took it over to his left side. Then he grabbed it, pulled it back over to the right side, <laughs> and, and it was the most uh, egregious palming violation I've ever seen. <laughs> they still it, didn't call it. it hey, Jim, stay stay with us just a very quick second. We, we got to cut to a quick question break. Quick question: uh, Which baseball team played in a stadium named after a political leader? All right? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a TOCO plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call TOCO at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit TOCOWarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. 
They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. First trivia question was, uh, which baseball team played in a stadium named after a political leader? And uh, Bruce, you said Richard Nixon was not on the list. You <laughs> are correct. List. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to say something like Washington Park. I'm, I can't. No, think you, of once I say this, you'll know. Yeah. I said political leader, but he he was not Amer- American political leader. Yeah. Okay. Hubert Humphrey Stadium oh, for the yes. Vikings and the Minnesota the Vikings, Twins. Yeah. Yep. I know Hubert Humphrey probably would have been president in 1968 had he not been associated with L- Lyndon Johnson, who was not a popular president yeah. at the time. And yeah. Richard Nixon won by half a million votes. Interesting yep. uh, little historical quirk there. And All who's right. our guest? We've got Jim Barnett from the Golden State Warriors, who's having a lot of fun. And, and you know, Jim has been broadcasting, uh, doing the um, analysis, uh, the color for the Warriors television broadcast for many years. And during the time, it, it, Jim alluded to the fact that the Warriors went a long time between playoff appearances. There was a 13-year period, then they went to the playoffs one year, and then they didn't go for another number of years. Jim, you saw a lot of bad basketball. What's it like getting yeah, to see all this exactly. great basketball every night now? What is it, what is it like for you? Well, interestingly, I'm, I'm happy for them, but I got to do a lot more a- analysis when there was bad basketball. Because <laughs> we didn't have all the sponsors. Yeah. We didn't have all the interest. Oh. I had a lot more freedom and a lot more time to explain what was going on. Mm. Oh, interesting. 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 And it's gotten a little more commercial yeah. with the popularity of the club. You know, we used to travel with 28 people on our plane, <laughs> including coaches, players, broadcasters. And, you know, people that work for the Golden State Warriors. We now travel with 53. 53? Wow. That's right. 53. Jeez. Because you have you have to have someone that, that follows Twitter and just that's all their job is yeah. to follow Twitter. Yeah. Someone to carry a video camera and, and show the players getting off the plane, show the players getting off the bus, going to the arena, and showing the players coming out of the arena or walking <laughs> down the hall. Are the Warriors becoming kind of a Jim? Are the Warriors sort of becoming a um, almost like a traveling roadshow, like Michael Jordan and the Bulls? Have they gotten that yeah. popular nationally? Yeah, it's so exciting to see all those still photos of or a video of people walking off the bus going to the hotel. That's, I find it just compelling, compelling <laughs> everything. Don't people have better things to do? Yeah. Well, you're you're getting some recognition too now. Yeah. See, that's kind of nice, you know. After you know, you know, that's a nice thing you brought that up. And I, I'm being very candid with you. I don't want any more recognition. <laughs> I like doing my job. Yeah, yeah. I like doing my job, and just I have a, a, a strong sense of basketball love. Yeah, and I, and the basics, and I'm enthusiastic enough just because of the games. I like to play the games. I don't like to talk about the games. Yeah, I don't huh. like to analyze all the details about the games because it isn't a black and white world. Yeah, and that's why the Warriors are losing a game once in a while, and that's why I don't worry about it. 
uh, and they may do some stupid things like everybody else, but all in all, they are the best team in the league right now based on record. Um, I think some big games are coming up. I will get a little more, you know, there's going to be some more credibility from critics, if you will, if they don't beat Houston, if they don't beat Cleveland, sure. if they don't beat Oklahoma City, and, if, you know, when they match up against the great teams. But look at Cleveland. Hasn't Cleveland now lost two games in a row? They lost at Utah, and then they lost at Portland, correct? Mm, yeah. Warriors haven't lost back-to-back games since April of 2015. For other teams like, say, Houston or Memphis or you know the team that the Warriors are going to be playing uh, as we speak tonight, Detroit, this is a game they've circled on their calendar. But remember, all the other teams, too, feel like they have to keep their playing at a, at a high level. But I'm, what I'm well, saying is maybe they – I'm asking Jim – are, are they are other teams maybe having a little bit of an advantage in that this is the game for them to really shine, whereas the Warriors have to really sort of force themselves sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. Every team is going to get up for the Warriors because they know they're going to have to play at their optimum level. And that's that's a good point, Bruce. Mm. Is that they, they're meeting teams that are all hyped up for it, and they're going to give it their best shot at least for the first half and see what can prevail. <laughs> Close at halftime. You know, the Warriors have been down at, at halftime. I'm trying to think what game it was. Uh, just Sacramento, was it? Sac- yes, yeah. Sacramento. They're down, what, seven points at yeah. halftime? Yeah. You know, Sacramento's uh, nothing to write home about. Uh, they're fighting for an eighth and final playoff berth. But uh, that's that's what happens. These other teams get up for it. And I do, will say this. The Warriors, and I've said it before, they are so strong offensively that they may fall into a trap once in a while of forgetting about playing defense and thinking that their great offensive strength will over, overcome any, any deficiency and they'll win the game with their offense. Hmm. And when the playoffs come around, that's a very dangerous thing to think about. Hmm. And so I, I, Steve Kerr, though, he, he knows what's going on. He sees more than I do, and he sees it on a daily basis. And those are the things they have to keep being reminded of uh, because they're, I, I think they're a better defensive team this year than in the years past, even when they had Bogut. They're not as good at blocking shots around the rim are preventing shots inside because of Bogut and Azili when he was in there. But I think there's more responsibility from each individual now. They play a little more straight-up defense. They're not always funneling uh, someone and letting them go around um, to the basket where Andrew Bogut would change their mind on things. Yeah, but Pachulia has really rose into the occasion now. You know, he's... He's he's, um, he's not a a great shot blocker, but he, he, he does things... He just outworks people. Yeah, um, and he outworked Demarcus Cousins. He was tremendous. Yep. Right now, hey, hey, Jim, let me ask you a personal question. Um, how do you how do you feel? You know, most people are you know they they know you as the broadcaster for the Warriors, but uh, you know, I mean, guys, Bruce is in my age. You know, remember you as a good player in the NBA, but I don't know how many people will you know because it's been a number of years since you played. How do you, how do you feel about being recognized more for what you're doing now versus being a player? Oh, I, I can't even compare it. I mean, okay. I, first of all, when we were players, we were more normal. Yeah. It, no, gotcha. it was just, we were part of society. It was great, but it was a personal satisfaction that we gained. I, okay. I had a just, – just knowing that I was in the NBA and that I could play in the NBA and that I was a good player in the NBA, yeah. I, not consistently. I'm not going to score like Curry and Durant and all those guys night in, night out. But I've had some 40-point games. I've had some triple yeah. doubles, and I've had – you know, great play. I played. I, I played hard every night. All I yeah. all I did was my standard was myself, and I can honestly say, in 732 regular season games and however many playoff games I played in, 30 or so or whatever, 
I gave 100% every second I was on the floor. I never cheated anybody. I never cheated any fan. I never cheated a coach, my teammates, and I never cheated myself. That's satisfaction enough for me. I'm not, I wasn't looking for recognition. I wanted to play at my optimum level. And I will say this. I played big in big games. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in the playoffs in 72 against the Bucks, they beat us in five games. But I averaged uh, over 21 a game in that series, even though we had better scores. And I also... The way that I, my style in five games, I went to the free throw line 41 times. Wow. Uh, I'm, you know, eight, eight times a game. I could drive and I loved getting fouled and I had an impact on everything. So, and I'm not trying to brag about that. It's just facts. But people don't know that and they don't care. And it's okay. I, I, I was a rookie in this league 50 years ago. Mm. I really like to say, <laughs> and I'm saying it tongue in cheek, but I'm irrelevant. You're, you're making me <laughs> feel old because, Jim, you know, it's interesting, Jim. Your, your rookie year was the first year I followed the NBA, and I remember you playing with the Boston Celtics. I think Jim moved around a lot. He played with Philadelphia, played with New Orleans, played with the Warriors. You played with some great players, Dr. J, Pistol Pete, yeah. uh, Rick Berry, Elvin Hayes, among others, Earl Monroe, Walt Frazier. Is it safe to say that it's, it's, it's impossible to say – who was the best player you ever played with, or who was the guy that really blew you away? Or is there a player that just, well, you know, you think today, wow? When I just did a, a recently a, a gig on um, CSN Bay Area, and I was essentially asked to pick my five greatest players I played with. Mm, fun. I should have overruled and said, I can't do that. I'm going to take ten players because I played with ten, ten players during my era, were teammates of mine, and they are a member of the top Fifty players of all time, and every one of them are in the Hall of Fame. Wow! Yeah. And and it starts with Boston with with Sam Jones, John Havlicek, and of course Bill Russell, and then Elvin Hayes in San Diego with the Warriors, Rick Barry and Nate Thurman, and then Pistol Pete Maravich in New Orleans with the Jazz, uh, which is now in Utah, and then to New York with, as you mentioned, Bruce Frazier and Monroe. Now these are guys you That's played Dr. on the same Dr. team with. Doctor J, yeah. Doctor J, Philadelphia. Yeah. So those are the ten. Yeah. And for me to pick one of them uh, is really, really tough. But I'm going to pick one for you, okay? I, I, I don't think I've ever done this. Of all of those players, obviously Bill Russell, 11 championships in 13 years. But he's a center. He's, it's an aberration. He wasn't a big scorer. The best all-around basketball player that I had in all those years would be... Dr. J. I should have this as a test. Yeah. Nope, not Dr. J. Elvin Hayes? Nope, not Elvin. I bet you it's Rick Barry. Pete, Rick Barry, right? Not Pistol Pete either. Not Everett. Pistol Pete. Elvin, not Elvin Hayes. Not I'm running out of Pistol Pete. Got to be Rick Barry. Rick Barry. Rick, Rick going to say. Yeah. Rick Barry's the, the best all-around basketball player I ever played. Not, Rick, a, bad, great, not great, a bad choice. Great defensive player. People don't realize what a great defensive player Rick Barry was. I mean, he did some amazing things, and he was like you, Jim. He played hard at both ends of the floor, and I think that's one of the reasons why when I spoke with him and worked with him a number of years, he always spoke of you with reverence because he said Jim always got the most out of what he had. Yeah. He, he, he left it all, all out on the floor, and I think there was mutual respect there. Well, I appreciate that, but he, yes, he was a great passer. He gave me, gave me layups, backdoor cuts during, you know, obviously on a fast break, but at half court, he was the most intelligent player I ever played with. Hmm. Um, he should have been the Warriors coach some years ago, I, oh, I wish yeah. that would have transpired, but I know why that he's never gotten the recognition. He never was one of the most popular players in the league among his peers. Um, it's unfortunate, and I can tell you this: I used to defend. I was a guard, uh, you know, backcourt, and I always just, you know, played Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, Dave Bing, Earl Monroe, Frazier. I guarded those guys because I I could stay with them. I was quick, and I was I was also tall enough and long enough 
that once in a while I used to play small forward and defend Chet Walker, Billy Cunningham, and I had some success with people like that. Jim, Jim, I there are several times there are several times I tried to guard Rick Barry. It was impossible. He made me look like a junior high school. <laughs> I could not win Rick Barry. No Jim, way. Jim, Jim hold on. I know you've got to go. We've got to run to a quick commercial break. Um, stay with us just a minute. Uh, name the four college ba- basketball teams that over the years have won the most NCAA tournaments. How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like, because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at pacificmoneyfund.com. For those that want to visit San Francisco's legendary Alcatraz Island, planning ahead is a must. As the official website for Alcatraz Tours, AlcatrazCruises.com provides the guaranteed lowest prices for Alcatraz tickets, which are now available for purchase up to 90 days in advance. In addition, visitors to Alcatraz will enjoy the added benefit of complimentary access to the current art installation, Shortening, Making Irrational Rational, which is available for viewing through February 2017 from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. daily with the purchase of a regularly priced ticket. Visit Alcatraz cruises.com today hi sports econ 101 listeners i'm edward brown you know me as the host of the show but you may not know that i work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around don't be fooled by the ads you hear on tv and radio it's always best to work with someone who's completely independent that's where i come in if you email me at edward at sports econ 101.com your name your age and how much insurance you want I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. In the heart of Sonoma wine country, enjoy a unique historical landmark. The Flamingo Resort and Spa Santa Rosa that features two 25-meter heated pools. Tennis, poolside dining, champagne Sunday brunch, a lounge that offers weekend live music and dancing, health club and yoga cycle studio, so ideal to stay fit while relaxing and touring the nearby Sonoma Valley wineries. Visit FlamingoResort.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. And we had to say goodbye to Jim Barnett. I would have loved to have kept him on, but... Uh, I think he's got a game to catch. He does have a game to do, yes. <laughs> okay. Warriors are playing the Pistons as we uh, like get ready to do this. Uh, well, we're broadcasting now, so it'll be later in the evening, but that uh, Warriors are 33-6 and six right now. Amazing. 
Why did they lose those six games? Well, they lost to Memphis. Memphis yeah, has, has been uh, Memphis is just a good matchup, or not a good matchup for the Warriors. They play good defense. They lost to the Houston Rockets in overtime, a game where they blew a lead late. They they lost to the Lakers, which was a stunner. They lost to Cleveland on uh, Christmas Day. So they didn't, see that you can name every every and, game yeah, they lost, and, and they lost, <laughs> and they lost the game to the Houston Rockets. That I think I mentioned that already. But the, you know they were no, two. but Memphis they should have won because San Antonio. That was the team that was on, the team, on yeah. opening night, That's and they right. got blown out at home. By San Antonio, oh, yeah. so they have a score to settle. I know, but it just person. what it kills me is to go. They went into overtime uh, with Memphis, and there were five free throws in a row yeah. that were missed by Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, who were good free throws. Well, the Warriors have lost. That, that's a killer. To they've me. lost two games. Two of their four or six losses have been in overtime this year. Yeah. So you they know, shouldn't they, have gone to overtime on that. No, one. you know, there, there's always when you have a team with this much talent, there's always the possibility of a little bit of a letdown. And sometimes I think the Warriors get a little bored out there. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I think they do. All right. I, I won't be too hard on them. Yeah. Okay, so here was our commercial break trivia question that we asked last time. Was name the four college basketball teams that over the years have won the most NCAA tournaments. Basketball tournaments, right? Yeah. Let's, uh, who, who, first of all, who's number one? Well, you know, I don't, I'm not sure who number one would be, but I'm guessing... Let me think about this for a second. Well, uh, or just name a team. Well, UCLA. Okay. okay, UCLA is actually Def- number four. Number four. Yeah. Wow. I know. I'm surprised. But now remember, this is tournament games. This isn't necessarily championships. championships. Oh, yeah. boy. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna answer that. No, one. but you, you'll know the teams, though. Okay, but go ahead. Okay, so uh, Kentucky's number one. Oh, sure. North Carolina, two. Yeah. And Indiana, three. Oh. And then and, and then uh, UCLA. There you go. So 62, game, 62 games, 55, 48, and then UCLA. I'm surprised UCLA hasn't won more. But, of course, they had that great run with uh, Wooden, but they've only won, I think, two championships since, and they didn't win any before. So maybe – but they seem to be in the uh, in the NC2As a lot, even when they didn't win at all. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay. surprising. All right, so we're going to talk a little football now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, San Diego Chargers are no longer are, the San Diego Chargers. They're going to be back to L.A., which yeah. how many years did they only play they one? They only played one year, 1960. One year. They were the Los Angeles Chargers, and the reason they played in Los Angeles was that was one of the things that the old AFL, which when they started up uh, in 1960 as a, a sort of as a competitor trying to compete with the NFL, and they actually did a pretty good job, not for the first few years, but eventually they forged a merger. Um, the league wanted a team in one of the in two of the largest markets, which at that time were or still are New York, the New York Jets, and of course, and they Los were known Angeles. as and they were known yeah. as the New York Titans, by the way, yeah. and the Los Angeles Chargers. And the reason they were called the Chargers was Baron Hilton, the owner, had this new charge card that he gave to his customers um, when they would check in at the Hilton. So he thought that would be kind of cute, the Chargers. And of course, it, it, they became better known as the team, you know, that had the horse uh, charger. Um, moving back to LA is interesting. It's I don't think it's going to be that big a deal because a lot of Charger fans who follow this team passionately, and I'm sure there are plenty of them down there, will probably just drive up the road to LA. It's not that it's not a major, you know, inconvenience to drive. How many uh, miles is it's that? It's about seventy, eighty miles. So yeah, it's but a couple in, hours. But in LA traffic, though, well, it's on a Sunday. Sunday traffic usually is not too bad. Uh, okay. And here's the deal: you're only doing it eight times a year. So I think that they're what they're what they wanted to do was obviously huh. they wanted to get a new stadium. They didn't get a new stadium. They couldn't build a new stadium, and so they're going to move into a soccer stadium in Carson for a couple of years, and then eventually move into this new facility that's supposedly being built for the for the Rams and share it with the Rams. Kind of okay. like kind of like what the Jets and Giants do back east. Okay, but here here's the thing: is 
uh, L.A. had the Rams. Right. They moved to St. Louis for, what, 15 years? Yeah. Right. Tw- now, 21 years. 21 years. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They had the, the And Raiders. they won a championship they, there, too, with the greatest show on turf. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Kirk that's, Warner that's right. and those Kurt Warner, receiver, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, they had the Raiders for a while, So I get, but, but it's been 13 15, years. 13 yeah. years. Okay. 13 years with the Raiders, and then the Raiders moved back. The Raiders have been back in the Bay Area for 21 years now. Wow. So. Okay. So for let's put it this way. For many years... L.A. has not had a team. They didn't have a team okay. for a long time. So now, last year, they get the team, right? the Rams back, and now next year, they're going to have another team? It's going to be back to what it was when they had the Rams and the, uh, and the Raiders, and that was a strange thing. And then all of a sudden, they lost both of them the yeah. same year. The, the thing that concerns me is being a Bay Area guy and watching this great young Oakland Raider team is that the Raiders, I wouldn't say that there's, there's – you know, it's a done deal. They're going to Las Vegas. But there's a very good chance for them to go to Las Vegas. A lot of the owners in the NFL like the idea. Uh, the city of Oakland is trying to put together some kind of a deal with, with private uh, investors to build a new stadium. But it's, you know, getting a stadium built in this day and age, especially in California, is tough to yeah. do. In, in the same spot? Or are they going to just raise no, the, the money? They, no? There's no real uh, certainty as far as that's concerned. But it's just... The idea when public money is involved, it just That's turns tough. a lot of people off. No, but I mean, what I'm just thinking, like, let, let's say they they destroyed Oakland Coliseum. Well, they can't. Uh, or, they, they, right? You know, I'm, the I'm, thing is that they got to deal with the A's too. See, the A's are looking for a new stadium. Where are the A's going to play if they destroy the Coliseum to build a new one on the same spot? Okay, AT and T Park. You have the Giants in the morning, and then you have the A's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the, I don't think the Giants are going to welcome the A's. <laughs> Over to San Francisco. I just don't think that's going to happen. The thing is, now, not to get off on a tangent about this, but the A's have nowhere to go because there's no no uh, city, major city in America, that has a facility that's major league quality outside of the major league teams that are already in existence. Is it possible that they could go to uh, Vegas and then maybe just do an indoor stadium because of the heat? You're talking about the A's? Yeah. No, I I don't see that at all. I can see it with football because football is only – Eight ten games a year, you know, eight games regular season. Yeah, but then year. what are they going to use the state? I mean, are they going to do an? Ex- they're going to build a brand new. They're going to build a bu- brand new stadium. Yeah, but I mean, for eight games. I mean, well, they'll have it available for other. You know, they'll have it available for college bowl games. They'll have conventions there. Who knows what? Why, why don't there. they play uh, where UNLV plays? That's too small. The NFL. How, how, the NFL, how big is that, uh, that stadium? Not, I, it's not that big. I don't know how many. So, and I, does UNLV actually have a football team in, anymore? I don't even know if they have a football team, to be honest with you. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think they do. Really? I don't think they do. I know the University of Nevada, Reno, has a football team because that's where Colin Kaepernick yeah. came from. But I don't think UNLV I, I, I guess one. I just figured I, they did because of basketball, you know, Tarkanian Yeah, that's a good question. That. You know, that's one of those, and I should know being out here on the West Coast, but I, I can't remember ever seeing anything about a UNLV football team. Basketball, wow. yeah. But the Raiders' possibility of moving, it, it's very much up in the air. It's not a done deal. There's a lot of concern about the about Sheldon uh, Adelson, who's the uh, potential, you know, the, the big money guy who's kicking a lot of money. And the story is that he wants a part of that team. And I don't think Mark Davis, the current owner, Al Davis' son, is going to want to sell him or give him part of that team because Davis owns about 47%, and I think he wants to hang on to that, not give up you know, majority ownership. So the whole thing is it's going to take a few years before that plays out. I think the reason that Dean Spanos moved out of San Diego was he was just – he didn't want this thing to drag on any longer, and he realized he had an alternative. And yeah. it's a much better alternative uh, than what the Raiders have right now. The Raiders thing is kind of a pig in a poke. You know, it, yeah. Las Vegas is a smaller market. There's no stadium. The money situation is still up in the air. A lot of people say, oh, they're going to move, they're going to move. You know, they're going to be here for a few more years. Well, it takes a while to build one uh, stadium. But how? what's the 
like there, there's probably a sweet spot of how many seats you need to have. Yeah, You've got to have at least 60,000. 60,000? Yeah, I think 60, 65 is, is the minimum, actually, in this day and age. The thing is, you know, and, I, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I know that the Oakland Coliseum has its faults, and it's an older facility, and it is you know used by the baseball team as well. But I go to a lot of games there. It's not that bad a place to watch a game. As a matter of fact, you really don't have a bad seat in the house unless you're sitting up in Mount Davis, those seats that are up really high. And for the last couple of years, those seats have been tarped off, which really is, a, is the wrong thing for them to do because but they would for, sell that thing out right for now. Baseball? For or baseball? For baseball and, and for football, football. Okay. it's been tarped off. And I don't think it no, should. No, no, what I mean is, uh, is it good viewing for yeah. football and baseball? Well, for Mount Davis, the, the high Mount seats, not, 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 the, not the great seat, not the, not the best seats up there, but the rest of the stadium. But again, it's all about luxury boxes, and it's about clubs, and it's about, you know, having all the bells and whistles. And, you know, these teams, they just, they're got, Major League Sports, it's, it's a different era, it's a different world than what existed 20, well, 30 yeah, years ago. Yeah, I mean, they, it really does come down to the dollar. It comes down to the dollar. It's yeah. professional sports. It's yeah. not, you know... I mean, if if, uh, if they could sell those luxury boxes for, you know, $50 million a they ticket, do they do it and have yeah. the whole the rest of it empty. What amazes me is that people are paying more today to watch, an, I wouldn't say an inferior product, because I think the athletes are just as good today, if not better than before, but they're paying more today... Uh, than ever before, and it just it gets ridiculous. I mean, I was looking at the average Super Bowl ticket. I think it's five hundred dollars a ticket. Twenty years ago, it was maybe a hundred dollars a ticket. Why well, did it, why well, did well it? if you go back to the original one, it was really cheap. They couldn't even sell it out. Yeah, they didn't even <laughs> sell it out the, at the L.A. Coliseum. I think they had sixty-seven thousand people in a hundred thousand seat stadium. And, and instead of Madonna or Prince or one of those big ones, uh, it was a high school band. Yeah, it was. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the Super Bowl, the first few years, even though you know, with all the due respect to the Green Bay Packers, one the first two Super Bowls, it wasn't that big a deal because the AFL, even though AFL fans thought it was pretty serious, yeah. but it wasn't that big a deal until the Jets won Super Bowl three, and that kind of legitimized the uh, old American football Yeah, league. but it's funny because you go back to that game and Baltimore had, what, five turnovers or something? Well, and they just uh, got shut down. The Jets, the story of that game was not Joe Namath. Yeah. Joe Namath only threw one, engineered one touchdown drive the entire game. The story of that game was the Jets' defense, which was terrific. And played, you know, just shut down Baltimore and completely. You wonder how those players didn't get into the NFL at the time. You know well, I mean? you know, I mean, they were getting good. You have to remember the mid to late 60s, the AFL was very competitive. The best teams in the AFL, which were Oakland, Kansas City, and New York, were just as good as any of the AFL, NFL teams, the established teams. And they were getting comparable salaries. And that's why, and the ratings were good on television. And that's why the league finally decided, hey, let's. Let's merge the AFL with the NFL, and we'll have this super league, and we won't have any competition. So how come Donald Trump couldn't pull that off at the USFL back in the 80s? <laughs> well, I think, I think that they got a little greedy with that, and they tried to do too much, and they tried to spend too much money. And also the USFL was, was playing in the summertime, which is always, yeah, you know, tough. it's tough to get people to come out. I mean, the, the hardcore fans are going to watch. But I remember the team they had in Oakland. I, I covered some games. They, they were getting twenty five, thirty thousand 30000 a game, which isn't bad. Yeah. But, you know, it's just the quality of play. And the old world football league, I don't know if oh, our remember listeners yeah. remember that. That lasted for only a, a, couple, a couple of years. years yeah, yeah, it's just it's hard to start up a new league when you've got to – when the NFL became the super league, it really has – you know, we are now accustomed to seeing. 1970, that was the first year of Monday Night Football. That was the merger of the two leagues. And it's never been quite the same since. It's it's just been on a different level. It's weird, though, because you, know, you read uh, all these comments from fans and all that. And, uh, you know, again, I, you know, it's, it's only a small sampling, but there's a lot of people who are just very upset with the NFL. Now, they'll watch it on TV, maybe. 
Well, they don't, they don't like uh, – the NFL is not as fan-friendly as it used to be, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, of course, I'm in the media, and they're fine with me. I've never had any problems with them. But it is a hassle, you know, uh, and there's some things about uh, – th- there's a lot of mo- – we talked about this with, with the San Diego Chargers moving and the Raiders possibly moving. The NFL's had a lot of movement. The other sports haven't had that kind of movement, and it's not – I don't think it's a good thing. Especially you, you're talking about like uh, – Teams uh, moving around. Move, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the Browns became the Ravens. The Browns then, became the Ravens, yeah. and then the Browns were reborn as a new team, and then you had the, the Colts, Colts becoming, you know, the Indianapolis Colts, and yeah. uh, the Houston Oilers moved to, to Memphis and then eventually Tennessee. moved to Tennessee. To, yeah. to, to Nashville, the Raiders move back and forth to LA and back. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't think that's a good thing for the league. I don't. And you know, the thing is, the league looks at its uh, customers though as sort of it's it's not interested so much. I don't think in building up interest in individual cities. I think it's just interested in getting a national brand, and that's yeah. why teams well, like the Raiders are so popular in Dallas because they and, have and national ev- fans and eventually na- international. Yeah, they're, well, they're playing. They're, that. they're playing games in Mexico City now yeah. and in London. So, in London, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Australia too, right? I believe so. They, yeah. yeah. Well, they're going to. T- they haven't played a game down there, but I think they're going they're to. They're going to. Yeah. Okay. College has played a game down there. College played a few games. Down yeah. There. See, it's a good way. That's a. Yeah. Ba- in fact, if I, if I remember, in the twenties uh, and thirties, didn't Babe Ruth and they, they kind of went around the, the world going. Yeah. They played well baseball. back in, the, in those days. Yeah. Baseball was very popular in the Far East. Yeah. You know, especially. With good old Mo Berg. Yeah, there you go. All right. Remember who, was him? Do, who was doing some spying for the That's uh, Americans? That's right, because he spelled seven languages. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Third trivia question. Which baseball team set an all-time record when it lost 120 games? Ooh. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be back with some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. 
You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here is our third and final trivia question. Which baseball team set an all-time record when it lost 120 games? That would be the 1962 expansion New York Mets. You are correct. I remember that well because 62 was the first year I ever really watched Major League Baseball with great interest. The Giants won the pennant that year, beating the Dodgers in a a great three-game playoff. And the Mets... uh, were just awful that year. They had Casey Stengel, who was seventy-two yeah. years old, managing. Roger Craig lost twenty-one games that year, uh, and they had, but they had some pretty good players. They had uh, Richie Ashburn was on that yeah. team. I'm trying to think who their catcher was at that time. Cleon Jones. That was uh, no, that was that was, that was later. later. Yeah, it was later. I'm yeah. trying to think who some Tommy of their players. Tommy Agee. No, it was later. Was later. Uh, yeah, yeah, guys like uh, Charlie Neal and Felix Mantilla and Elio Chacon. You know, not, not great names, but I remember Richie Ashburn was a good player. He was on that team. Oh, Duke Snyder was on that team. Oh, yeah. I be- actually, no, I take that back. Duke was on teams later. Uh, but Duke was Duke was about kind of winding down at that time. He was yeah. still with the Dodgers then, believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How many years did he play? A lot of years. A lot of years for the, with Brooklyn. And then, uh, you know, I got to know Duke. He was working oh. as a broadcaster with the Montreal Expos. He was one of their... Huh one of their radio broadcasters, and then he retired to Mendocino. Huh. And he used to come down to Giants games, and I run into him. Really nice guy. Died a few years ago. Just uh-huh. a sweetheart of a guy, though. Great player. And he played with the Giants, actually. Played with the Giants oh, one, right, year. For one year. Yeah. And he had he hit uh, five pinch hit home runs for the Giants. He was very good off the bench that one year. Yeah, he was He was a, quite a power hitter, he was, if I remember. Where are they? The old saying, you know, Willie, Mickey, and the Duke, that song they yeah, had. Yeah, that's about right. Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, and Duke Snyder, they all played at the same time uh, in New York. Yeah, very good. All right, we're going to cut out for today. Here's our thoughts for the day. Adversity causes some men to break, others to break records, said William Arthur Ward. Don't know that name. Don't know that name either. Okay, and if you want to find the real competition, just look in the mirror. After a while, you'll you'll see your rivals scrambling for second place. (laughs) I like that, too. Okay. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.